Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Kevin Mandia, President of FireEye, and we're talking about the upcoming FireEye Cyber Defense Summit. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tom. So, Kevin, it's been nearly two years now since Mandiant became part of FireEye. How would you say that FireEye is different today than when you joined the company? Well, I think the biggest difference is that we brought a whole bunch of professional services to the table. So now we are more of the trusted advisors as we help navigate chief information security officers and CEOs and organizations from their current security posture to a more agile security posture and more effective security posture. So that services component allows us to also have services-led engagements where we can go in and do a security program assessment, you know, where is somebody at in a security maturity scale, and how do we bring that organization from point A to point B or point A to point C. And we also, of course, respond to almost all the security breaches that matter, and that is a very important moment to own, that security breach moment, because every time a company's been breached, uh, the Mandiant Services has kind of become the, the bar for this is the company you hire to handle those breaches, answer the questions, what happened, what to do about it, and transform your security program to a more advanced state. So the biggest change, services-led, trusted advisors. Now, we can be product-led as well, but with the Mandiant Services coming on board, that's the big change for FireEye. Okay, now let's take a look at the cybersecurity landscape in that same time. How is that different today sure. than it was two years ago? I think it's been a slow evolution. I don't, you know, having observed incidents for 20 years, I don't see the change in the rapid advancement like everybody talks about. I see a more gradual change to where it landed today, and that change has a lot of factors in it. Geopolitical conditions, the efficacy of our defenses, how much data collection we have fully, and I believe I'm in about the fourth phase of information security that I've lived at in the last two and a half decades, and the biggest change is that there's just more sovereign nations or state-enabled hackers that are active today, and the reason that's alarming is there's really no risk or repercussions to, to state-enabled or state-enacted intrusions. Those things are going to continue until we have world peace. So that's the biggest change. We have more sovereign nation hacking sovereign nation, and we have just more modern nation getting into that landscape. Reminds me of the discussions we used to have about nuclear weapons, honestly. Yeah, it's what's interesting, Tom, is uh, when I say sovereign nations, obviously that does mean the capabilities or the boundary of the capabilities for the attackers is greater. I mean, they are going to get better because they get unfettered practice every day. They're operational every day. And while there's no risk or repercussions and the same threat actors get to hack every day, obviously they up their game. There is nothing that makes anybody better than game time experience. And sovereign nations are gain gaining that on a daily basis. So, yeah, ordinarily when there's an intrusion, there's more discipline behind the intrusion. There's a more advanced malware behind it. There's a better effort to be surreptitious and do counter forensics. So those are the way, at the highest level of abstraction, I told you the biggest change is sovereign nation against sovereign nation. But the way that kind of becomes visible to the frontline responders is what I just mentioned, the surreptitious access to the victim networks, 
the slow dribble of data filtering and how they steal things and evade products and account forensics in the discipline. Kevin, let me put you on the spot just a little bit here. If you were to stand up and offer a cybersecurity State of the Union address, what do you think would be a couple of your key points? Well, the first key point would be, and there's a lot of ways to phrase it, so I'll phrase it in one sentence and then break it down. The first key point is attribution has to be right. There is no deterrent in cyberspace unless we know who did it. So, and by the way, I believe the deterrent is largely outside of cyberspace right now. If you have a camera videotaping you, your activities are different. You behave differently. And right now in cyberspace, people are largely anonymous. And the unfortunate reality on anonymity in cyberspace is a lot of times it accentuates the behaviors of bad people better than it safeguards the whistleblower types. So attribution has to be right. And there's a lot of sub-dialogue to that, you know, international cooperation, surreptitious access, technical assets in the field, human intelligence, all those sub-bullets apply. But I think as more and more critical components of our life depend on the authenticity and quality of the data that's on the Internet, we're going to want to make sure people who do computer intrusions and break certain laws are held accountable. So that's the first part of my dialogue. Got to know who did it so you can respond to that person. Kevin, we talked a few minutes ago about the sovereign threat. What are the security threats that concern you the most today? Without a doubt, the thing that would concern me the most is just the authenticity and genuineness of data on the Internet. Let me give you an example. Ashley Madison is compromised. That's a terrible thing in and of itself both for Ashley Madison and for their customers. But who's to say during an election year that whoever did the intrusion didn't add a few names? Why not? There's no way to tell the integrity and authenticity of that data. And yet that data being posted, whether genuine or not, can ruin lives, ruin families, ruin aspirations. And so that, to me, is the next frontier. And I just noticed an article just yesterday, the day before, the head of the NSA was saying the same thing. I've had this concern for a while. If we get attribution right, people think long and hard before they lie, fib, cheat, and steal. But I'm not convinced we're getting attribution right all the time. And second, when intrusions are happening and the data can't be trusted, both the data that remains as well as the data that's publicly shaming people, that becomes a great issue. That's a problem. So I think that's the next frontier, the hackers that break in and make stuff up. You know, and I could give you another example, a real-world example. A lot of people would probably opine that uh, the Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, lost her email to a hacking group. Who knows? That being said, if you're a hacking group that got to that data, could you add an email or two? Could you add the content, change the content, and then post it? Absolutely. And no one would know what's authentic, genuine, and real versus what's fake and spurious. That's a real problem. I hope that we don't have to deal with that, but I am afraid and worried it's inevitable that we'll have to deal with greater, more tailored, lying, and spurious information on the Internet. Kevin, as you deal with organizations that have been breached, what emerges the security gaps that concern you the most? Well, 
They exist. That's a great question, and we have real statistics. First and foremost, you want to detect the breach because your efficacy of detection degrades the longer an attacker's in your network. And right now, the number one way bad guys are breaking in is spear phishing. So number one, detect spear phishing app. That's number one. And a lot of people say prevent. To me, same thing. If you detect it fast or prevent it, same thing. You can't prevent spear phishing unless you detect it first and say, that's bad, let's not deliver it. So got to get that one right. Second problem is when somebody breaks in, once they get one person to be compromised via spear phishing, all the assets are readily available for the bad guys to get credentials and steal stuff. So I would say the number two thing is do your best to protect what matters most with what's called network segmentation. And they... Cybersecurity folks know what I mean by that. Sounds easy, network segmentation around your critical data, but in practice, it can take years to get there, depending on your business or your industry or your business processes. So number one, detect the darn spear phishing. Number two, make sure you have good network segmentation. Number three, do great credential management. Too often, the Achilles heel for victim networks is credentials that work everywhere, or the ability for attackers to get the golden ticket in Active Directory and access too many resources. If you can compartmentalize the efficacy of domain administrative accounts, you'll be doing a great thing uh, to diminish the impact of intrusion. So that's probably the big three. And again, those three things are based on a security program at an organization that I say has already shut the front door to their network meaning they already do the blocking and tackling, such as vulnerability management, patching their Internet-facing servers, and they have a good health and welfare system for those Internet-facing machines. That backdoor that people are getting into, that, that spear phishing and targeting human trust, that's what we got to be worried about. And those, those three steps go a long way to shutting the backdoor ways into a company. So, Kevin, I don't know anyone that's been around investigations and threat actors longer and better than you have. What would you say that we can learn today from the threat actors that are targeting us? The lessons I've learned is that these attacks are going to continue to happen. There's a whole list of attacks that I call white noise that if you don't shut the front door to your networks, they're going to get in because they're spray-and-pray-based attacks that are automated that happen every day. So if you can be compromised, you will be. That's from the the attack. Those are not the attacks that we are hired to respond to or that I'm most worried about just yet. I'm more worried about the targeted attacks, and I don't think they're ever going to go away either. I think that what you witness in cyberspace is the silent intentions of sovereign nations, and I don't think you'll ever have world peace between all sovereign nations everywhere. That's okay. But that's one of the key lessons I've learned is targeted attacks are going to continue, and what we have to do is have the visibility to detect them, and if they're intolerable, be able to stop them. And if they're not intolerable, well, it depends on your risk profile as an organization. Uh, and I also believe that, a, and it's aligned this way now, another big change in the community, and it's taken a while to get there, but it's there now, is that the board's got to dictate the risk profile to organizations. How good do we want our security programs 
to be. And that's a risk-based decision uh, based on the risk tolerance of a management team and their board. And they got to sort that out. It's got to be a top-down dialogue, and that's happening. But these attacks will continue. There is no magic pill or panacea coming anytime soon, and that's okay. But we still have to make it so that the attacks have less impact, and we certainly want to prevent the attacks from the rogue attackers that publicly shame organizations, steal IP or steal embarrassing emails, whatever it may be, and post it, because those attacks are they're, they're just not something you want to deal with. So the watermark for security has gone up throughout my career. The realization that you have to have some level of good security to protect your assets, that awareness is greater than ever before. Kevin, let's talk a bit about your upcoming Cyber Defense Summit. What do you hope that attendees will both bring to this discussion and draw from it? Well, first thing, bring to the discussion what's been working for your organization and share it with people. Let's learn what technology processes are working out there, and let's share them because each organization has different nuances on how to best protect it. Each industry even has different nuances. So a willingness to share the ideas that are working are fantastic. The tech that's working, those, those, those types of conversations are very useful. In my opinion, I always enjoy helping the practitioners of security. That's what this is all about, frontline defenders getting better at their jobs. So for me, those frontline defenders that come to the Cybersecurity Summit, I hope they have the dialogue they need, whether it's in a session that's organized or informally over cocktails at a reception. That's the key. Let's get the tools in the hands of the people that need to use them to defend our networks, and let's get the knowledge in the hand of those same people. So I've always tailored my approach to this conference as make the practitioners more effective. Kevin, final question for you. It seems like throughout 2015, sure. all we've talked about are threat intelligence and information sharing. Those have been the buzz as you talk with organizations. Right. As you transition from the buzz, what are your chief areas of focus heading into 2016? Getting better at detecting intrusions along what a lot of people call the kill chain or the evolution of a security breach. Right now, most organizations have tweaked their network sensors and their security apparatus to detect the initial exploit or try to detect the spear phishing. That is an excellent start. As you mature your security operations, you also want to be efficient and effective at detecting fraudulent or unauthorized credential use. Data stealing or data pilfering, or simply the insider that's doing things or accessing things that they shouldn't. So as we look at our Platic platform, we want to be the best in the world at detecting bad activity. That means we have to look at along the anatomy of a security breach and improve upon our detection efficacy along the whole range. First, you've got to keep up in the arms race on the exploits. Got to be able to detect zero days and malware no one's seen before and constantly hone the products to do that. But we definitely want to invest more and get better at detecting those other activities attackers do after they break in, just in case somebody gets into the networks some way no one's ever done before, or you have an insider that's doing it, uh, you still have a detection efficacy that can eliminate the consequence of a breach. So that's what we're focused on, better detection at more phases of a security breach. 
Kevin, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks so much for your time and your insight. Thank you, Tom. Take care now. The topic has been cyber defense. I've been speaking with Kevin Mandia, president of FireEye. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.